TalkLine Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community. Broadcasting live worldwide. You're listening to Talk Line with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. Here is your host. Welcome back to the program, Mom. Zev Brenner with us right now is Rabbi Avi Schnell, Director of Good Israel's New Jersey office, and they've been instrumental in making sure that millions of dollars, about $22 million of dollars, are being allocated for yeshiva day schools in New Jersey. So, Rabbi Schnell, welcome to the program. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Zev. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you. You know, there's a lot of talk now about money for public education, which I know the stimulus bills have given, but non-public schools, there have been some money given, not as much as the public schools, but let's look at the fact how much money is being allocated and how you were able to get about $22 million that are earmarked to be used by New Jersey yeshivas. So, so thank you so much for the opportunity to talk about this. It definitely is a, a very important topic in the most recent stimulus packages, all the three different, you know, bills that have been signed into law, there's always been an allocation for public education. You know, hundreds of billions of dollars in total that have gone through the, that have gone to the public school system. Um, Baruch Hashem, you know, Agoda and other organizations were instrumental. Um, Rabbi Abakon in Washington, you know, devoted a tremendous amount of time to ensure that just like money is going to public schools, Money should go to non-public schools as well. So in the last two stimulus packages, there was a set-aside of $2.5 billion in each, <laughs> a total of $5 billion in total, that is exclusively for non-public schools. That money has been divided up by state. For example, Oklahoma may not have such a large non-public school population compared to New York or California or Florida or New Jersey. It depends on how big the state is and how big the non-public population, non-public school population is in that state. New Jersey had an allocation of approximately $70 million. The yeshiva system in New Jersey is one-third of the population of the entire non-public school population. So we, we estimated that the yeshivas, would be able to receive from that stimulus package about $22 million. And it was allocated for each, for each. Yeshiva got their allocation. However, what happened was this, is that the Department of Education put on certain restrictions and regulations, which every state's allowed to add on their own regulations and their own restrictions to how the funds could or can't be used, which would have made it impossible for practically any of the yeshivas to actually use the funds for its intended purposes. So although it sounded great, oh, we got $22 million, and it's so exciting, but as you know, in all things government, the devil's in the details. Right. And when we start to realize, you know, what the details are, we realize that it sounds great, but it really is almost, I wouldn't use the word worthless, but it would be extremely limited and practically impossible for most yeshivas to properly use these funds. Because obviously it can't go for Limude Kodesh for religious studies, right? That's the first thing that... Uh, so that that's, that's always like, that wasn't the problem in this case, because that's, that's a given. That, that was never uh, a thought, that we'd be able to use it for religious studies. That's, 
that was a given. The, re- the restriction that happened over here was is that in order to use the money, the money in New Jersey, New Jersey specifically, checks are never written out directly to a yeshiva. The way it works is that money goes either to a board of ed, or in this case went to the state. And the state is sort of the gatekeeper on the fund. The yeshivas submit a request, an RFP, that we call it for services. They go to the board of ed, or in this case the state, they say we have a million dollar allocation or a $100,000 allocation. We want to use it for services, tutoring services, mentoring services, social workers, um, after-school programs, summer programs, this goes on. And the way how it works is that you have a third-party provider that provides you with the services. The state, in this case, made a restriction that they were only going to contract with public entities that are third-party providers and no private entities. That was a major problem because in New Jersey, practically every yeshiva, practically every yeshiva, uses a private entity to provide the services for them. Not allowing them to use private entity providers meant that there's no providers for these schools. To go into contract with public entity providers, number one is the public entities in majority of the cases have never worked with yeshivas before and are very unfamiliar. Number two is that the public entities don't have the staff capable of don't have the amount of staff capable of providing services to all of these non-public schools that they've never worked with in the past. Meaning that you may have some commission that has, you know, 100 teachers on staff or 200 teachers on staff, and they're providing services to a few Catholic schools or a few Muslim schools or a few public schools even. All of a sudden you have now 50,000 children that are asking for services. Commissions and public entities don't have anywhere near the staff that they would need, that they would be, that would be necessary to provide services. And that's when the schools realize that if, if we don't change this, we're going to get nothing from these sons. So you were able to get them to acquiesce that you didn't have to only use public people, you can use private people for the... I'll tell you, I'll tell you a funny thing about this. Someone just emailed me today, a, someone just sent me a copy of our press release that you are going to put out, and there's a picture of me on the uh, on a Zoom call with members of the Department of Education, and I'm clean shaven. And he asked me, "Have you shaved already? You ready? You 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 ready shaved today?" I said, "No, no, no. <laughs> that picture was taken from before Pesach, because uh-huh. that's how long we've been working on trying to change this. This has been going on for a, well over a month, well over a month. From before Pesach, we've been working on trying to change this regulation. The truth is, we were working with the department before the regulations were made." to ensure that this doesn't happen, because we had a hunch it was going to happen. And unfortunately, the department went ahead and did it anyways, and they blamed on all sorts of, sorts of legal reasons, and this reason, and that reason, which we pushed back on over the past month. And uh, Baruch Hashem, you know, a couple of days ago, we got notification from the Department of Education, from the governor's office, really, that took a, a tremendous interest in this. And uh, they notified us that, uh, Baruch Hashem, the restrictions have been removed. They still have to figure out some of the details. The website has to be updated. There's still some fine-tuning that has to be done. But the general restriction has been lifted, and now the yeshivas will be able to utilize these funds to the maximum capability. Rabbi Avi Shnall is a guest director of Good Israel in, in New Jersey. How many Jewish students attend 
yeshivas or day schools in the state of New Jersey? So I don't have the exact, exact number, but I, it, it's approximately 50,000 students. I would say it's a little more than that. But I think a conservative you know, estimate is about 50,000 students. So when you were able to get $22 million, and we'll talk about how it can be spent in just a moment. You started talking about it before. So does it work that every yeshiva gets a certain amount that's allocated, or does it go by yes. numbers of kids? How does it work? So the way it works for me is that every yeshiva, this is also a lot of work went into this as well, to, 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 to be involved in how the, how the money would be distributed. So New Jersey, every state has their own flexibility um, to decide how to allocate the funds. In New Jersey, it was a three-tier system. Number one is every child got a piece. So if you have a school with a 1,000 children, you got based off of the student count of your school. you got a larger amount. If you have a school with 200 children, you got a, a smaller allocation. But in addition to the per-pupil amount that every child or each school got for their student population, you also had to prove that there was, a, there was also an amount given for COVID impact. And if a school had an impact due to COVID, it would get a little bit more. And if a school services low-income children, they would also get a little bit more. So there were three sort of determining factors that decide how much each school would get. But every single school got a significant amount of money. Which is, which is important. Now, the money, obviously, as we said, can't be used for religious purposes. It can be used for food. It could be used for security. Or is that different grants for Homeland Security? No, no, not, not, not food. Those, those are different grants. This money... There's a long list of items that can be used for one big chunk of the items is COVID um, health and um, cleaning supplies, you know, barriers, plexiglass, um, sanitation, you know, different, you know, sanitary needs. And another part of it, which is what the yeshivas intended to use it for, is for educational services. Obviously secular educational, but educational services, which... That opens up the, the potential and the possibilities to a very, you know, a very broad, a very broad, very broad opportunities in what it can be used for: tutors, um, resource rooms, <clears throat> after-school programs, summer programs to catch up, social workers um, to help children in the schools. Hiring teachers is a possibility in some oh, so I was asking, Can you hire, like, secular teachers to teach math, it, science? There's, there's, there's possibilities of how to use that. Again, obviously, each state has their own discretion how they will do it, but there definitely, is, there definitely are possibilities in doing that. And some states have explicitly you know, allowed that. We're not sure where New Jersey is going to go in that regard. But um, definitely that there's a possibility that it's, it's for educational services. So, you know, teachers are certainly educational services. You can't get exactly. more educational than having a teacher. Exactly. <laughs> so, basically, the bottom line is the teachers, there's definitely a possibility that teachers, are, but, but, but the thing is, there's a caveat that no money is ever given to a school. So, therefore, you would have to have, let's say, a teacher that's teaching that was really employed by one of these third party providers, and then, then they can come into your school and provide educational services, but for the vendor. And that is definitely something that a lot of schools are looking into, those opportunities. But then the teacher wouldn't be employed by the school. They'd be employed by the vendor. And um, not being able to use our vendors obviously would be a tremendous hindrance to that. And that's one of the reasons why we work so hard to take away that restriction. No, it's, uh, certainly that's uh, it's an important thing. Maybe if you don't call them a teacher, call them a tutor, will that make a difference? As yeah. 
Yeah. But that would make a difference, right? If it's a tutor but a teacher, maybe more problematic in New Jersey. 50,000 kids is a lot of kids, and the public school system cannot handle it. I always say in New York, I believe the amount the yeshiva students, I've always heard the 50,000 number. Maybe it's more in New York. I don't have an exact number, but that always percolates in my mind. And I've always said this to educators, that if they don't want to give tuition tax relief to yeshivas, then yeshiva students should enroll on the first day of school in public school. If there are 50,000 people enrolling, you'll get immediate relief. There's absolutely no way that public schools can handle that amount of kids. And that holds true for New Jersey if you have 50,000-plus kids. Sure, sure. I, I will tell you one thing, Zev, that I, I think I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that in this whole process, I want to give a tremendous thank you to Assemblyman Gary Sher, who represents Psyik, who really was the warrior on this one, the, the, the lone soldier in the, in the legislature that invested a tremendous amount of effort and many, many hours and many phone calls and many Zoom calls uh, with, with myself, with, with the vendors, with the governor's office, and he, he really took on this project, and we've been able to work hand-in-hand through this process, and ultimately we were successful, but I, he was a, a, a very strong partner for the non-public schools to get this done. Which is so important. I would assume textbooks. Are you able to buy textbooks f- using this money too? Coming, you should be able to. Yes, yes, yes. One of the allowable uses also is creating curriculum, so textbooks should fall under curriculum. And um, yes. So if so if uh, this is a significant amount, and now how many yeshivas are we talking about? They're going to divvy up to twenty-two million dollars. I would say talking about close to a hundred and eight, uh, about about one hundred and fifty, one hundred and seventy-five yeshivas. And that includes the day schools, too, correct? Yes, yeah, yeah, I'm including everything. But some schools, of these 150, 175 schools, some of them are, are misfits or high schools that are, that are quite small, that only have 60, 70, 80 students. Uh-huh, so, 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 you know, it, it, it may sound like a, like a large number, like you, you divide 150 by 22 million. It's not a lot, but it depends on the school. Some schools are getting, I know some schools that are getting well over a million dollars. Well wow. over a million dollars. So the, and and the average, some schools are getting four or five. There are, sev- there are many schools. There's just several. There are many schools that are getting a few hundred thousand dollars from these funds. And you can use it for this year, for next year, until the end of the school year of 2023. Now, so my question to you is, is one of the biggest problems that face from an Orthodox parents is the high cost of tuition. And the modern Orthodox end is even higher than in the yeshivas, you know, end. But the point is, will, are we, with this kind of money, even though it doesn't go for Lamudic coders for religious studies, if it goes for secular activities and, and you know, summer programs and other pro, will we see a reduction in tuition in yeshivas? Yes, it's always hard to answer that question. Whatever we, that, that's the question we're always asked here in the Agudah. Time and again, like when we, when we fight or we, we push to get more funding for yeshivas, so how does that end up by the tuition paying parents? So the tuition bills don't change. So first of all, one thing this will do is it will definitely could push off a need to increase any tuition. Number two is that we're now able to provide, yeshivas are now able to provide a significant amount of additional services, which many children desperately need, at no additional cost to the parents. So it's all how you, how you, what perspective you're taking in viewing these funds. <clears throat> Another thing we have to keep in mind is that this this is a one-time shot. This is not going to be an ongoing, you know, surge of money coming into schools. It was a one-time shot. We could use it for the next 
two school years, but I think schools have to be careful not to set themselves up in the position that they add on a lot of programs, and then after two years, they're stuck with no more funding for it. So the schools have to be careful, and that probably is one of the reasons why they're not going to be so quick to start lowering tuition, because in two years from now, they may be stuck in a little bit of of a challenge with that. So I think that the, the right perspective is that, yes, my tuition bill may not go lower, but my children are now getting, are now getting and receiving a significant amount of additional services, critical services, and it's coming at no tuition increase to the, um, to the parents. So in other words, if a school, Yeshiva, didn't have a gym, and now we they're able to build a gym, that certainly is, is, is something that helps the Yeshiva. But as far as actually lowering the quotes, I figured if the Yeshivas can get around where they don't have to pay the secular teachers and some of the other programs that ordinarily cost money, so logically it should, <coughs> it should mean a reduction of tuition. And you're saying that if they invest in other programs, which wouldn't lower tuition but give more services. So the question, though, is because I know parents really want tuition yeah. tax relief. I, I hear that all the time. It is it is a very big problem. I can't. I know it could uh, minimize the um, the strain that many families have um, it, by, by paying. You know, in, in order to keep up and pay tuition, it's, it's definitely a very, very, very you know big issue in the community that obviously many organizations are working on for quite a while. But I don't know if you know if this particular fund is going to cause that. And on the contrary, I think every individual yeshiva will make that decision. So to make you to give you a a, a response and say, yeah, you should just lower it, you know, it's hard for me to say. But definitely, I, I would encourage your listeners that you know that are listening to this and they they have this question to to go to their you know school administrators, the school you know presidents, the board members, and, and have this conversation. Now that the money's coming in, how is the school using it? And it's very possible that in several schools they'll be able to use it in a way that their budget will be less. And then even though it's only a two-year shot, but at least for two years, they may be able to give some sort of discount on tuition. Definitely a possibility. Final question, Rabbi Avishnal, is that there's talk that the administration, that I'm talking about the Biden administration, wants to have schools across the country discuss race and make it part of the curriculum because that's the biggest thing that's out there as far as what the president has been talking about. Will that affect you? If you're taking money from the government, from the stimulus program, will there be added, will there be added um, situations where you have to teach this curriculum that's being developed? So as of now, that is not a concern. And um, when that becomes, if, when and if that becomes a reality, you know, yeshivas and gedalim and rabbanim will have to make their own decisions on how they want their schools to proceed but I'll just comment on that regarding curriculum. I think that we do teach our children a lot about different things about race, about respecting people, and it's in our yeshivas already. So, um, but regarding particular parts of that curriculum that you're, that you're referencing, the yeshivas will have to discuss that. They will also have to see what exactly it entails and what exactly the requirements will be and what restrictions there will be. Um, is it considered, will they not allow yeshivas to access any funds or only certain kinds of funds? It's a very, you know, complicated, weedy issue. So when, when that, when and if that happens, every she will have to, you know, consult with his staff, Taira, and his 
Rabbanim and those that guide us to make those decisions. Yeah, because we're not talking about, you know, loving your fellow men. We're talking about I know white about. guilt. <laughs> the Heschel Yeshiv, the Heschel the School of Manhattan is teaching kids about white guilt and white privilege. So some parents have left that. That's a school that's a non-denominational day school in Manhattan. Sure. The question is, will be coming to a curriculum to you because they're talking about it. So it's not just loving your fellow man. It's saying that you're course, being a white Jew, you're guilty of white privilege and all kinds, all kinds of stuff like that. That's what's happening. So the yeshivas have been, well, at least let's put those, some of the modern Orthodox day schools, I think, have been affected by the yeshivas for the most part haven't. The question will be part of the overall curriculum requirement uh, for getting government funds. That's what I'm curious to see if there's been any discussion yet. Again, it's yeah. in formulation. I will tell you, I will tell you that, you know, our Rabbi Cohen in Washington is monitoring this very, very carefully as he monitors, you know, all the all the moves that take place in Washington, and we're watching it. But till something happens, or till we see, you know, something that's actually produced, and what requirements it requires, let's see what happens. But, but to say now that we're not going to take money because there may be something down the road. Right well, now, I'm, I'm not saying that, I'm saying take the money. Absolutely, we're entitled. Exactly. Listen, exactly. The, the, right now, Yeshiva should take the take the money, use it to its fullest capacity, to its fullest capabilities. And uh, there are many children that are in need of lots of service, especially many kids have been out of school for over a year in some cases, and they desperately need this. And Bark shall we've been able to work a work around some of the not work around to, to work away some of these restrictions. And now Bark the children that need the services will be able to get it. Right, because we, because here's the point. That's why I say take the money. Is that if. I know in New York City, and I assume the numbers are similar in New Jersey, if a parent were to send their child to public school, the state pays at least fifteen, sixteen, seventeen thousand dollars $17,000 per child. If you are a parochial school parent, and whether a Jewish or Christian or Muslim, so you're not getting that fifteen, sixteen, seventeen thousand dollars $17,000 per child. In addition, you're paying tuition on top. It's like double taxation. That's the double taxation, exactly. So the point is, if this money relief is being given, it should be taken because it's an entitlement. You're entitled to it because if you send your kid to public school, you'll be getting it. So it's not even doesn't even cover. We're not talking about fifteen, sixteen, seventeen thousand dollars $17,000 per child under the stimulus no, program, a lot, lot less. So uh, the, the only question will be if there's going to be any strings attached to down the road because that's the way it seems to be heading. But we can address that when we get there. Exactly. You'll invite me back on the program. Absolutely. No, no. <laughs> we, 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 it's, it's important thing. Education, I think, the most important thing that we have, yeshiva education, is such a proponent. And it breaks my heart when I live in Manhattan and I see and I, and I saw kids with yarmulkes and, and tzitzah sticking out in public school with the other public school kids. Wow. It's not the environment. They have to be in yeshiva learning Torah, learning what has to be learned. And it's heartbreaking. And I've seen it. I've seen it in the streets of Manhattan. So, And I hear yeah. stories of parents who can't afford yeshiva education want to send the kids to yeshiva, have no choice. And I think it's one of the biggest challenges we as a community face. So I appreciate, and I speak on behalf of a lot of people, that you were able to get $22 million for yeshivas. I wish they would be used for the Judaic studies. I believe that it should be used, but that's a different battle and a different conversation. But at least we get yeah. to relieve some of the burden of the yeshivas and the parents. So thank you for your leadership in that. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity, and thank you for everything that you do and helping publicize and talk about important topics and important issues. Rabbi Avi Schnell, Director of Good Israel's New Jersey office. We're going to be right back. Don't go away. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening. 
talk line radio and TV with Zeb Brenner is just phenomenal. Everybody concerned about the Jewish community should listen and watch. He has the best guests. He asks the most interesting questions. He's always so well prepared. It's talk radio and television from a Jewish point of view at its very best. To advertise on the Talkline network and Talkline's email and social media blasts reaching over 70,000 people, please call 212-769-1925, extension 100. That's 212-769-1925, extension 100. Or email info at talklinenetwork.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This concludes TalkLine's Jewish broadcasts on radio for tonight. For continuous Jewish programs, please go now to TalkLineNetwork.com or our 24-hour-a-day listen line at 641-741-0389. For past shows, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, YouTube, Instagram, and all major podcast platforms or JewishPodcast.org. Thanks for listening to the TalkLineNetwork.com.